Welcome to the 86th edition of the Guna Podcast, recorded on the Monday evening after the defeat of Hatestone at Tuam Spurs. The podcast is sponsored by Gunashirts.com, the best website for all your Arsenal t-shirts. I'm your host, Mark Collington, and I'm continuing the panel from the podcast just done. Although we have had a switch in the lineup with Guna publisher and original editor, how exciting is this, Mike Francis, joining Steve Ashford and Don Sebastiano. So welcome, Mike. Thank you, Mark. Now, it's not that exciting for you, but... Do you know what it is? I've never done a, a, a podcast for you. It's a seminal moment in my life. And I remember seeing you there. standing on the corner of Gillespie Road and, um, oh, and with nothing but a, a little Mac and a, a, a tarded bit of A5 paper called the Guna. Those were the good days. Those were the good days. Yes. Those. Are we lads? Will it save the reminiscing? Making the good advice work. What's he doing there? What is that he's selling? That's not the programme. Who's he? Well, he's here tonight and he's bigger and larger than. And he predates computers. I know. It's phenomenal. But look, you out there in podcast land have been sending your emails left, right, and centre. I've got a panel to read one each, so this bit is called. Viewers' corner, so over to you, Pasty, to read the first email from our loyal listeners. Which is uh, entitled Speaking Volume. No, that's just me about my topics. Oh, is it? All right, okay. This is from Russ Morgan, (laughs) who says, Firstly, I'd like to say thank. I know he doesn't say that. He'd like to say, I think your podcast is podcast is great, thoughtful comment, and great Q and A's with your guys. Thanks. The oh, hang on a minute. I say thank you to Russ. Oh, 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 thanks. Yeah, Russ. Yeah. Right, okay. The only thing that dampens it for me is the fact that sometimes I have a hard time of hearing <laughs> some of the chaps speaking their minds. When I'm out near roads or on the tube, oh, hang on, I'll say that again. When I'm out near roads or on the tube, I have a lot, a lot of difficulties listening. When, I'm, when my iPod is at full blast. Well, if, if iPod's at full blast now, the last thing you say is, Hope I haven't offended you in any way, and I look forward to the next instalment! Well, thank you, Russ, for your correspondence. I don't think he quite answered his question, though. No, but you could hear that, though, couldn't he? So, He's probably talking about the dated equipment we use to record. Yeah, <laughs> just so, Russ, your comments the have been taken. The fact that it's on a 1970s Sanyo cassette recorder <laughs> is, would probably explain the fact that it goes a bit dark every now and again. Well, there you go. Well, it could have been a Nagra. We will try and get you an up-to-date digital <laughs> recorder in future. Yes, Russ, so sorry about that. Uh, Mike, over to you. What's your correspondence today? Okay, hopefully I'm not going to have to shout this one. This one's from Chris Murray um, it was received back in um, mid-August so before things got as bad as they are now um, Chris asks why is it that we are still showing interest in a bucket load of French players it seems all our recent signings are reported interest to players from League One is this because Arsene doesn't feel he can attract players from elsewhere does he now only have the respect of French affiliated players for many years now I've been saying we need to invest in experienced players any British team that has had any domestic European success has built their starting eleven around the spine of British players. I believe our weak underbelly is simply a lack of British bulldog spirit that fight, grit and determination to get a result in the middle of February on a waterlogged pitch away to Stoke in the snow. Mm. 
What are your thoughts on this? Am I completely wrong in my assessment, or do you agree? We should bring in two to three experienced British players to create a solid British spine to our team. Here, here. What do you think, panelists? Definitely. That? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Chris, because uh, absolutely right. That's well, exactly say, what we need. After that email was sent, we actually did sign a core of British players, didn't we? Um, Name include, them. If you include Oxlade Chamberlain, is as British as you can possibly get. Myrtle Sacker is practically Tony Adams. Jenkinson, is he Finnish? <laughs> yeah, he's Finnish. He's kind of half, I suppose so. Yeah, <laughs> it's not finished yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, where are the British players? Where yeah, are they? well, where let's are put it this way. Players? I mean, if you remember the time when we had Adams, and then you had. Righty up front, and then you had you, who are Parler? Had that spine. You had Parler, Merson. Uh, hang on, who else, else was? Do we have? Sp well, we had the, the three degrees, of course. Yeah, it's, it's, true, it's true to an extent, but we need British spirit. That doesn't necessarily mean we need British players. Patrick no. Vieira wasn't British. No, he uh, played with the right attitude. Yeah. Who would we have gone and bought? Would we really have gone and bought Gary Cahill in the summer? Yes, I'd love to have had him. According to Kev, we were going to buy. Well, but well, to, to, Kev, to be yeah. fair. Which to, still gets mentioned now on, on the website fair, regularly. Chamberlain, Yossi Benayoun, and Murtasaka do have what I, I would consider mm. a bit of a, you know, a bit of fight in and them. But they, they've played in the Premier League, which helps. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Arteta. some Premier League experience, so that makes yeah. a change. Arteta's played in the Premier League, Benayoun's played in the Premier League. You know, they're, they're, they're reasonably good players. Yeah. yeah. Scott and Parker I, would have been a good signing. I have to say, what, you know, what we've been saying earlier about you know, Wenger's kind of faults and stuff, you have to say that losing Nasri and Fabregas was a blow, a huge blow, but to lose Wilshere immediately afterwards for the best part of the season yeah. was desperately unlucky for, yeah. for both Wenger and us. And then to, then to use Vermeilen for almost the second season running, and now to lose Sagna, I mean, as if a lack of coaching ability <laughs> and a lack of tactical ability wasn't bad enough, he's now getting all these bloody injuries. Yeah, that really does address Chris Murray's point about buying British, but thanks to that, Steve. <laughs> I've never heard him called Sagna before. <laughs> and not only that, by the way, it just occurs to me, this could be Tottenham's like, revenge on the lasagna I've never heard Oxlade Chamberlain referred to as Oxlada Chamberlain. <laughs> 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 We're thinking about lasagna. Right, before we get into a chat about the English language and linguistics, over to you, Steve, for your email and the last one of today's podcast. Right, this one is from Jeremy Cunnington. Rather nice name for a bird called Katie. Anyway, received August the 18th on our podcasts with journalists John Cross and Jeremy Wilson, plus the AST's Stan Kroenke. Is that right? Tim's Can't be right. Sure. <laughs> right. Arsenal Tim's have never had money Tim. to spend, but we Tim Payton, sorry. Thanks, Mike. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Right. Arsenal have never had money to spend, but we competed thanks to Wenger's genius by buying one or two experienced, if not fully rounded players to augment a team for relatively small sums and winning titles. It took him three years to rebuild the 1918 using this method, but it worked. Yet for what can only be for doctrinal reasons, i.e. to develop a team organically, that he abandoned that very successful strategy. In addition, your pundits make a valid point about our, our egalitarian wage structure, yet it is Wenger who sets it out rewarding talented individuals who have yet to achieve anything, thus also probably adding to the complacency amongst them, as well as making them hard to shift when they don't make it. Do Manchester United have such an egalitarian one? Rooney may be on 180k a week, but squad players such as Fabio and Flavio would probably only be on around 30k a week. Good point. Good yeah, point. I've got to switch off halfway through, sorry. I know. Um, go back to school, Jeremy. Learn some grammar. 
But I like your sister. <laughs> Any comments to add to um, Jeremy's email, think, Michael Basti? I think it is a good point about the wage structure. I mean, we're, pe- people on the website recently have been continually going on about how we can't possibly compete with the likes of Man United, Man City and Chelsea because they throw so much money at it. And maybe that's fair comment, but we're still the fourth highest wage earners, wage payers in the, in the country. Fourth or fifth now, I think it maybe is. But, um, you know, yet we're, yet we're 15th in the league and Newcastle are fourth. Um, this this whole idea of having a smooth line in the wage structure so that you, know, you haven't got players earning four, five, or six times the amount of others is just being proven to be wrong. And until Wenger changes that or is made to change it by the board, um, we're, we're stuck with it. And that's why we're still paying, presumably, we don't know for sure, but presumably we're paying the wages of players that are not at the club this season or out on loan. Very good points. Very good points indeed. Well, thank you all for your emails. Don't forget, you can email us at greenerpodcast at gmail.com should you want your emails read out and assassinated by the did panel. We, did we only get three? We got more than three, but if we'd be here forever, wouldn't we, if we did every single one? Oh, I like doing that. That's good, that was. Well, good. Yeah, well, we should have an email special. <laughs> there'll be more next time. But Steve, I want to hear more from you. Right. Because you know, you're not often here. No. So I'm going to get your take upon okay, issue things. So let's start with another, what I call, hot topic. And let's go to the contracts. Van Persie, Walcott, Song, Tommy V have one year left to go on their contracts next summer. Yeah. Who of them will sign again? And I guess who do you want to sign again? But do you think they actually will? Oh well, I guess God. the question is Van Van Persie, really. God, yeah. what a question. Unbelievable. Well, I would say that well, I don't think we would have lost Fabregas and Nasri if we'd have invested in the team two or three years ago. I think when we had a fantastic backbone in the team and we needed three world-class players to turn us into Champions League winners, title winners, the lot. Everyone said we needed a, a defensive midfielder, a centre-half and a world-class striker. You know, none of those players were signed. Fabregas ended up playing next to Danielson. Um, Nasri ended up playing next to Bowie and God knows who else. Those <laughs> players lost interest, knew we'd never win a title and walked and left. Now, the players that are going to sign next year... So it wasn't just money with Man, Man no, City, no? it wasn't just money at all. Obviously, Nasri, the yeah. money didn't help. No. But I honestly believe Nasri would have a better chance of staying if he had world-class players around him. But we just don't invest in the team. You said earlier on in the last podcast, or I think Mike said, that we spend initially one million a year on transfers, if that. And that's if, that's if we don't make a profit. So these players, they want to win trophies. You know, Van Persie's been here for like eight years. He wants to win trophies. He wants to go to Barcelona, Man City, Man United. And who can blame him? Because he's not going to win sod all here. He's going to be fighting relegation if he stays here. And the same with Walcott and the same with everyone else. Um, the only way to get these players to stay is to spend a shitload of money in January, buy some world-class players, and show them that we're, we're really serious about winning trophies. Mike, anything more positive to add to that, or do you agree with Steve's <laughs> take on events? Try and, try and be vaguely positive. Um, yeah, we'll start with Van Persie there, shall we? So yeah. He's got no chance of signing a new contract. Do you think? I can't see it, cause for, for a lot of the reasons that Steve said. Why, if you were in his shoes, would, would you? And, and you know, any sensible player would kind of say no. I think the other ones, the other ones, what we've got, we've got Walcott's song and the Marlin, yeah. I think we've got a chance of all those staying because they're on such good wages or they're on reasonably decent wages relative to their ability. Um, but, and, and in Vermaelen's case, injury record over the past 18 months. Um, but they probably haven't got a chance of getting that sort of money elsewhere. So hopefully they will stay. But um, unfortunately, the one that we really want to stay probably be on his bike. It's just occurred to me that um, 
Because I thought the whole t- summer I was thinking, why doesn't Wenger say to Sesk and to Nasri, listen, I'm going to go and get six world-class players. I'm going to do this. Boom, boom, boom. We're going we're gonna to build this squad up, and you, you know, we, we, we're going to. He probably gonna, did say that. It, well, and it's just occurred to me now. He probably did, and he was probably saying, we're going to get Arteta, and we're going to get Murtasaka, and we're going to get this, and we're going to get that. No, and he probably, um, or he probably said, look, don't worry, and gave it all that. But we'll wait until the eleventh hour, just be, you know, for a bit of. Uh, financial jiggery pokery or whatever. Those players only and came in still, after we and lost eight two to Man United. Yeah, they wouldn't have come in if we'd got a result at Old Trafford, and, and, well, and that we knew about the injuries to Vermaelen yeah, and Wilshire. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's no no surprise that they left. And uh, as for Van Persie, you know, well, if I was Van Persie, you know, what would I do if you know someone like a big team? Uh, uh, we are not a big club at the moment. We're not. We look don't at, like look at us on the pitch. We don't act like a big club. We're not acting like a big club. We're acting like a uh, fucking Bolton. See, you know. Absolutely. To be um, fair, Matt, have we ever acted like a big club? Yes. We, we all like to think as Arsenal fans that we are a big club, but have we ever gone out there? When David yeah. Dean was, was heading up the club. Side, have we ever yeah. side... Ever Listen, signed exactly. like all probably true world class. Wait, when Thierry Henry, but he was unfair. No, in a bad season, when Thierry Henry was in front of goal, it all went wrong. We could say about Newcastle and everything. It all started going downhill in Paris. I was behind that goal. Henry was there. That fucking ball had gone in the back of the net, and we'd have been Barcelona. But anything back, could have happened. No, it didn't. And from that point on, we have just gone from. Weakness yeah. to weakness. We, 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 we did were an achieving players. team. We, we, yeah. we, we were an achieving team. Players. And that was a great side. That, that side should have yeah. won, the, won the Champions yeah, League. Should have is not a word, you, not an expression you can use in football. Yeah. But um, as far as also to answer your question, Song and, and the, you know, so, to be honest with you, Song, Song has surprised me and become a, a decent player. And I think with a player like Fabregas next to him, you know, and he's, he's matured, no end. We'll, we'll, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to keep Song in the side. Although he need, he needs some help, I mean yeah. you know he's got this kind of slightly uh, like one eyes half shut kind of <laughs> thing about him, but but it doesn't matter because he, he I think he's turned into a class player. Walcott has um, I'm afraid that has not lived up to his promise, and uh, he has some puffs, but he doesn't blow the house down, uh, and we need <laughs> That's someone. Not a statement. Well, you know what I mean. We need someone. We need someone with a little more wolf in them, and uh, who's <laughs> going to scare the three little piggies. Like any you know I mean? Whereas I think. Actually, Walcott is one of the three little piggies. And to be honest, it wouldn't bother me in the slightest if Walcott did go. I hope he does. I think he's absolute rubbish. But Van Persie, he's been injured for half his Arsenal career. Don't you think you want to back and think he owes us? Or do you think loyalty like that is lost in football? Well, this is another well, thing that's happened. loyalty like that in any time in the last five, ten years? Well, I still believe, Mike. Yeah, well, what Wenger's tactic seems to be oh, with, with Henri, with Sesk, and now with Van Persie. Oh, God, we're going to lose him. Quick, make him captain. You know... That's just ridiculous. You don't, first of all, everyone knows you, you make your striker captain. You're, you're, he doesn't want to be looking behind him to see what's happening. He doesn't have to worry about anything apart from putting the ball in the back of the net. You know, and uh, that's what. I, by the way, that's what I said to Wrighty. I said, "What I love about, but what we're missing is you, because you were a real nutter in front of goal." I said, "My exact words." And what he did he say it. to that? He loved it. He was like, "Yeah, he was loving it." I said, "I said you were a real nutter. You didn't care. You didn't hesitate or think." Van Persie he's a class act. But he thinks, he hesitates, he thinks, what shall I do with it now? Whereas Wright was like, get the ball in the back of the net. That's it, boom. That's Can what I say we need. To stick up for Ian Wright as well, he gets a hell of a lot of stick on a lot of, well, not a lot of Arsenal websites, but the, 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 the pro Wenger website, because he's always slagging off the way the clubs run and stuff like that. And he always kind of veiledly, veiledly criticises Wenger all the time. In his column in the, the same. The AKBs hate him because of that. They call him a non-Arsenal fan and an oh, anti-Arsenal fan. He's Arsenal man. through and through. Can I just say that 90% of Arsenal fans love he's at Ian Wright oh, because him. of his views. Interesting. I think this calls for a song. Yeah. Ian Wright, right, right. Ian Wright, right, right.
Well, let's move now from attack into defence. Attack, attack, attack. For another comment. Obviously, defence is what everyone, what on everyone's lips. We're going to get a coach in, everything else. I guess the question is, is it, has it always been really bad or when did it start to go bad? And what can we do to change it, really? I mean, when did the decline start? Let's start with you, Mike. What, on defence? Yeah. I mean, it's the top, it's a big about, question, isn't it? It is, yeah, it's huge. That's, it's it's, it's well, this issue's hot topic. Another one. I think my, my concern during the summer was, like, if it didn't matter who we went and bought, they were going to come to a team that just doesn't put enough priority on defence. Um, the fact, if, if you, you know, everyone goes back to the 2006 run to the Champions League final where Martin Cairn was doing whatever he was doing at the training ground with his coaching badges. <laughs> and... Whatever he was doing, he was having an influence because Philip Sendros was part of the Champions League record defence with Matthew Flamini at left back. And, you know, Sendros, bless him, is not a world class player, and yet he looked it in that run. So, my concern, I think it came up in the previous podcast, was that the players that we've got, we don't know how good they are because we don't know what sort of. They're not getting the coaching that they need. They could all be bloody world beaters for we know. I agree, Probably, 100%. Possibly not, but without the right training, we're not even giving them a chance. No, I totally good agree. Good point. Totally, totally agree. I mean, to, to be honest, that Wenger team, that 2006 European Cup finalist team, they held the record. They held the record for the, for the most number of clean sheets in Champions League history. And that team, as Mike said, had Flamini in it, Sandros in it, Campbell was there as well, and sometimes a buoy at right back, most of the time, yeah. if I remember rightly. Yeah. They were coached properly by a proper defensive coach. I mean, you asked when it all went wrong. Some, some, some say it went wrong during the 4-4 draw against Tottenham at the Emirates. So I personally think it got worse when we drew 4-4 against Newcastle. We haven't really recovered from that. But I really think if Wenger wants to get those players to sign new contracts, as well as spending the money in January, he needs to get a, a defensive coach in. Why not get Martin McKeown back? Why not get Steve Bold promoted or whatever? But he won't do it because if we start improving, the credit will go to that coach and not to him. And he's such an egomaniac, he can't live with that. Do you agree with that, Bastien? I'd like to think he's not an egomaniac. I'd like to think that he'd put the club first. And, uh, but the proof of the pudding seems to be a bit different. And I think, I'll tell you what, though. I think that um, he, you know, he inherited all his success was as defensively was inherited you know that, that, that back four that he inherited to win stuff since then he's not really come, well apart from that 2006 which was how much of that was fluke because that you know I don't know Joy <laughs> keep him with the okay but Keogh was there at the time games. wasn't he could you see the no, coach only coaching Keogh, looking... well you say only coaching he was coaching so mm. yes I think the uh, as I said in the last podcast you know, we need someone like of an Adams, Bold, or Keown Ilk, or even George Graham, someone who put their arms up and know what the offside trap was. When we another lost, friend of yours, we lost well, well, another friend of mine. When we lost, um, well, friend, when we lost um, against Mata. Blackburn, right? Santos was the offside trap. Santos played everyone onside twice. That was their two legitimate goals, and we scored the other two for them. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing is, these are errors, and these are schoolboy errors. That's the problem. We are making schoolboy errors. But, but right now, with our defence, I mean, everyone's saying that their confidence is at an all-time low, and Wenger's gone on about doing something about it, you know, we need to rebuild our confidence. Well, let's rebuild from the back. Let's, let's put, switch back to four four two. go back to what was successful in 90, when, he, when he first came, play two holding midfield players, yeah. give a bit of bloody protection, because two mm. full-backs we've got, mm. and without Sanya for the next three months as well, is going to be worrying. They're attacking full-backs. I mean, they're, they're wingers turned defenders rather than the other way around. 
just go back and get a few clean sheets if, if we get nil nil draws. Always on the break as well mm. because yeah, we hit them on the break. break. I mean, mm. we, you know, we can always do that. We're quite capable. Of, and another thing, a very simple thing we used to do. I seem to remember when the other team had a corner, we always had Ian Wright standing on the centre spot. Right, and it was like you know, go for the old fucking kick it up the and let him mm. chase after it. Now with Walcott and Van Persie and Jovino and Chamat and all these, you know, it, why not a, a few simple tactical changes here and there? You know, because what we're doing now, and we've been saying this for three or four seasons, isn't working. So, well, one of the great differences between Ferguson and Wenger is if that 2006 record-breaking defence had been coached by Keown for Man United, he would have said, "Wow, this is fantastic." You got a job for life there, Martin. Stay forever. I don't care whether you get the credit. I'm still the manager. You know, I'll be the manager of Manchester United when we go on and win titles. You're the defensive coach. Fine. Wenger doesn't think like that to our huge loss. Well, I think actually there might be a, a, a shout for Wenger yeah. possibly be verging on the insane. There is one. There is one uh, definition of insanity, which is called, which is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing. You know, we're, it's like it's like you know, jumping off a cliff and, it, and and hurting yourself, and then going and doing it again. I mean, why are we doing it? Yeah. Interesting point, Basti. Well, let's quickly move on to the last question to about the not about the team, about the stadium. Um, what makes people buy a season ticket and not actually turn up to games? As you know, there's swarms of empty seats in the stadium. Why do you think these people spend thousands of pounds on a season ticket and don't show up? Steve, without talking too much about... I'll tell you why in one sentence. Go on. The fear of not getting a season ticket when Wenger goes. The reason I renewed mine this year, although I am going to go to every match, because I, I, for all my sins... I'm but some of your mates, haven't they? Some of your mates have given up their tickets, Some of mates have given up their ticket. Two of them. The guys I used to sit next to are no longer there. I'm yeah. on the own this year. Sad, but never mind. Um, uh, yeah, but PP... See, I, I, I renewed mine because I've got every hope that Wenger won't be there next year. And if I lose my season ticket and we suddenly get Guardiola as manager, I'll never get it back again. <laughs> so I'm, I've renewed mine in the hope that we, we get a decent manager in the future. And I don't want to be scrubbing around for a season ticket when that happens. And I believe a lot of, lot of other fans have done the same thing, uh, but rather unlike me, that goes for every match, they just think, oh, fuck it, I'll waste it for the year. Mike, do you agree with that? No, Greg, I mean, I, I, I sit with a group, and um, one, of, one of the people I sit with um, since, since we moved to the new ground was uh, erstwhile Green contributor Stuart Preston. Now, for various reasons, but not least the performance of the pitch and the fact that he's just getting so wound up with what was going on, he's given up his ticket this year. He's, he's leased it out. Sorry, Stuart, probably not going to say that. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he doesn't want to lose that because he's got a young kid growing up. He, he's going to want to introduce them to Arsenal in, the, in years to come. But he just said, he said, I can't take watching this anymore. It's too frustrating. I, the only, and the only thing I can do is remove myself from it to, to take away that frustration. And I can agree with that to an extent. I can see yeah. exactly where he's coming from. Funnily enough, I, I get frustrated watching this. I can't watch this on TV. I actually lose hair and, and get heart attacks. You've still got a bit of hair, more than know, like, you know, more, more, than, not, not, more than me. Not, not as much as Mike, but more than me and Steve. Well, yeah, so he's got a ball patch now. Yeah, but anyway, um, but, um, yeah, but the point being that that drives me mad. I stopped listening to it on the radio years ago. What I can do is I've got my tactic now to not drive myself mad. I mean, it's got to this. Is if I'm in the stadium, fine, because at least then I can scream and shout and do what I, you know, well, yeah. the steward doesn't arrest me for calling the referee a wanker or something. But generally speaking, I can out let it all out. But I cannot watch it with, 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 with people in, in pubs and stuff. And uh, what I generally do is I don't, I don't, if it's live on Sky and I'm not in the stadium, I will just try and avoid it until I just get a binary result. 
that I can deal with and then just watch the highlights on match of the day because if I'm not actually at the stadium uh, it's just too frustrating to watch and uh, listening to someone like Clive Tilsley or these Sky commentators talking absolute shit I mean it just drives me up the wall and if you're in a pub you've got neutrals I mean I can't deal with it I have to say I was at Old Trafford and like people said it to me afterwards going oh god I feel really sorry for you and I'm going trust me it was a lot better being there than sitting at home watching it on the telly <laughs> yeah you've got to, at least the you would not have survived yeah. and you yeah. just sit there and go alright that's it you know I, I, if you're in the stadium so that's a reason to go I think it's a real reason Steve goes is because also I think there is a little thing called loyalty you've been oh, yeah, a gooner yeah. all your yeah, life yeah. Yeah. but I mean a lot of people don't have that and they are they're falling by the wayside and uh, you know, I just I go to games when I can get a ticket now. And you know, I gave up my season ticket. But I can't remember; it was a few seasons ago. Do you regret doing it, Basti? No, no, I don't. I can't afford it financially, really, either. It's just much too expensive. I mean, when we all started going, you know, it was sixty p to get in. You know, I mean, it's slightly different. It's like you know, I mean, it's like bye bye holiday, bye bye anything, bye bye. You know, uh, like living in London is so expensive anyway. You know what? I mean, you can chuck another couple of grand no. on that. Well, so what, the best way to the best way to get Wenger out is I won't renew in the summer, and the minute the season ticket deadline expires and I've not renewed, they'll sack Wenger. Interesting, Steve. And then just Until that point, Bass can carry on paying twenty quid now to get my yeah. season I've got, ticket. I've got him free to a couple of games. Oh. I mean, it's, it's madness that, that Shrewsbury Carling Cup game. Some woman goes at the back of the queue. I'm going to buy a ticket for twenty quid. She said, "Oh, do you want a ticket?" I went, "Yeah, how much do you want?" I said, "No, you can just have it." I was like, "Great." Upper tier, three rows from the front. Thank that you very is much. what we have come to. But thank you very much, panel. We're going to have another short break before we do our third and final one of the evening. Of the evening. But for those who just caught this one, if you want to email us again and to have once again the panel read out your emails, the address is gunapodcast at gmail dot com. Thanks once again to our sponsors, Goonashirts.com. Steve, what's your favourite Goonashirt t-shirt? I've only come to see a buoy. I've got one. <laughs> and they're still available on the website, I think, <laughs> for a knockdown price. Well, they're not knockdown price. They should be, but that's my opinion. Anyway, this is your host, Mark Collington, saying farewell, and thanks for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee, all good friends and jolly good company. Hey!